thank you, Lord, for your greatness and goodness and kindness and continue to let our heart be today and breathe. Such fundamental things, but we thank you for it. Thank you for the work you're doing in people's lives and healing people. A number of people on the list there that are still healing, we thank you for the victory there. Continue to lift up Denise and Peggy and uh, Mark Loney's health. Just pray for these people to, to get better. Grant, John's friend Grant, car accident to heal, and Leroy. Um, Kevin Kubley's some health issue, and Christopher Huseman, Lord, we put them in your hands. Just pray that your mighty hand will go out to them, and, and spiritually as well, that they can feel a spiritual touch today as well as ourselves, continue to show us the truth. Thank you, Lord, for a nice, beautiful day. Amen. So I'd like to just briefly, briefly recap, if I could, from last Sunday. So last Sunday we talked about, more or less, what a disciple is. And this Sunday we're going to talk about how to make a disciple. And we started with the kind of a, if you want to call it a famous verse, they're all important and famous, but kind of one that sticks out. And it's in Matthew 28, 18 to 20. Jesus says, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me, therefore go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and Son and the Holy Spirit, and surely I'm with you all, always to the end of the ages. He took, he brought his disciples with him. There was 11, I think I said 12 last week. It's supposed to be 11 when he told them that, that great commission. Very important. He said, go and make disciples. It's a command for us today to make disciples. Are we making disciples? It's a challenge. It's a challenge today. Are we really, truly making disciples? I know we have our families, and, and we're going to touch on that a little bit, raising kids, and of course that's disciple-making, relationships and building. But I'm talking more today, the family, but in a little bigger sense, our, our local church here. Are we discipling within our church? It's where do we stand with that? Where do you stand with that? It's you and God, right? So we talk about what is a disciple? They're called. We looked at 1 Timothy 1.9, to a holy calling. We're taught. He clearly wants us to read the word. It's, it's a thick Bible. It's got a lot to teach us. We're clearly taught people. We need to be teachable. Are you a teachable person? When someone teaches you something, or you're reading the word, are you really listening to God? What is he really teaching us? We're a follower. Jesus went over there, they went with. He went over there, they went over there. He went over there, they went there. He went that way, he went that way. They all went with him. Wherever he went, they were all following him along. Now, I know that was literal. Today we have the Holy Spirit. Is the Holy Spirit going over there? Is it going over there? Is it going over there? Where is it going? Do we even know? We're, follow we're followers of the Holy Spirit. It tugs at us. We're servants. All kinds of things to serve, do it, helping people, serving people. When they fed the five thousand, all the disciples are there around serving the fish and the and the bread. 
We're proclaimers. We proclaim the truth. We're witnesses of our lives to share the testimony of what God's done for us to other people, to tell people, proclaim him. And the last point, and there was others, but the last one, there's a cost. Following Jesus and being his disciple, there's a cost. Sacrifices have to be made. Money, time, energy to follow the Lord, sacrificing things. So that's where I want to pick up here is, says go and make disciples of all the nations. Go and make disciples. That's what I want to do. That's what I want. I'm learning how to do it every day. If you have some things to share with me, I'd be happy to hear it. I'm just going to share on you with things that, share with you the things I've learned about what it means to make disciples. How important it is. First uh, Corinthians chapter three. Starting in verse 4. Verse, verse Corinthians 3, verse 4. For when one says, I follow Apollo, and another, I follow Apollos, are you not being merely human? What then is Apollos? What is Paul? Servants through whom you believed, as the Lord assigned to each. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. He who plants and he who waters are one, and each will receive his wages according to his labor. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field, God's building. So verse 6 there, Paul planted, Apollos watered. Paul was a lot known for his evangelism. You know, he was a disciple maker, taught a lot. But he, was a, he, he did a lot of evangelism, sharing Apollos, did a lot of teaching, helping, helping Christians grow, doing the work. It was a team event. It's a team event. Disciple making is not just your job. It's a team event. We help each other. We have gifted differently. There's no way I can give one person everything about disciples, how to, be, how to follow the Lord. There's no way I can do it by myself. It's a team event. How to help a young believer or any believer, really? We all need it. So making disciples, hopefully we realize we all need it to be discipled. Every one of us. We invest in people and not just hang out, but really get to know one another. We need to enter their world and invite them into our world. Disciple making requires relationships 
that get really close. Okay? It's not, I get to preach here Sunday morning and visit with you a little bit in the lobby, then I'm done. I'll go home the rest of the week. That's not disciple making. It's part of it. Part of it. But getting to know someone in a deeper emotional level is really a key point of disciple making. By and large, men need to be discipled by men, I think. I'll expound on this a little bit. Older men teaching younger men. That's how I can learn to be a man. Example of another man. Really important things. I spent a lot of time with older men in my life. A lot of time learning from them about the biblical truths. Now, have I learned from women? Of course I have. I've learned a lot. I've been highly influenced by a lot of women in helping disciple me. But when the deep core issues of life pop out, I've confided in men. And I've looked to them to see how they walk in the Lord, and they've helped me. The exact same is true for women. Older women teaching our women. I forgot to write that verse down. There's one right out of the Bible. Same thing. You're, a woman can learn how to be a godly woman from an older woman. It's a really important thing. How to treat a man. How a woman treats a man. How a man treats a woman. That, those relationships are really important. And especially today when it's so hard to know what that is. <laughs> right? You watch TV, you're not going to learn how, how men treat women, women treat men. You're not going to learn the right way, I promise you, from TV. But we can here. If we're following the Lord, reading God's word, we can learn how those relationships really work, discipling from here. And that takes time and effort. A lot of discipleship is like our family. There's the really great analogies of our physical family. Father and mother and their kids. Husband and wife and their kids. If you look at 1 Thessalonians uh, chapter 2. It's a hard book to find. It's kind of tiny. Right after Colossians. So, so, Brian, you have another grandchild, right? Congratulations. So we have a new baby in the family. Is it Evelyn? Evelyn Faith? Nice. Awesome. So it fits right in with what I'm talking about. We have another baby to disciple. The Korfmans do. So first, that's 2, verse 7. There's more, but I'm going to get to the heart of it. But we were gentle among you like a nursing mother taking care of her own children. So being affectionately desirous of you, we were ready to share with you not only the gospel of God, but also our own selves, because you had become very dear to us. I can assure you, Alyssa, the mom's going to take great, affectionate care of that little baby. <laughs> Paul's talking about that about us in, in the bigger sense here of this local church. Kind of in the same way. 
really gracious and kind and nurturing with each other. That's discipleship. That can only happen getting close to someone, really getting to know someone. That, well, that's the only way it can happen. I, see how close she is with that little baby. Verse 11. For you know how like a father with his children, he exhorted each one of you and encouraged you and charged you to walk in a manner worthy of God. He calls you into his own kingdom and glory like a father and his children. Same, same thing. There's a mother, now there's a father. Encouraging and exhorting his children. We can do the same with each other. Encourage and exhort each other. Growing in the Lord. Getting to know someone. Yeah, I'll just think of that young baby, Evelyn, as she grows. How it's going to change over the years. She gets a little older, start let her walk around and give her a little more space. But the mom, mom and father's always going to be there to nurture and cherish that child. My kids are adults now. I'm still going to nurture and cherish those, my, my kids. Different way, of course. I'm going to disciple them until I die. Any way I can, any way I God allows. Now, I hope they'll do the same. Some of them are starting to learn to help other people grow. I've released them. I'm all, I want them to share the gospel and truth and disciple, and then they, they, they are. The family. Look at the family. You want to see how to disciple? Just look at, a, at good, healthy Christian families. So another way to help foster this, well, who do I disciple and how do I do it? Where do I go? I would encourage you to get involved in a small group Bible study of some sort. That's a great way to start this discipleship relationship with people. Get in a small group. Now, I know, the, unfortunately, right, what's going on with the COVID and all this stuff, but it's going to get over. We're going to start getting back together like we're doing here. We're going to start having some small groups here. That is an excellent way to get to discipleship. But even that, I think we can go a little deeper. Within the group of maybe 12 at a small group, we form even smaller groups of two or three where we can really get into someone's lives and find out what's going on so we can help each other grow. I've done this all my, almost all my Christian life. I've had two or three guys that I hang with, that I confide with when I have problems. Helps me a lot. And I've almost always been in Bible studies, leading them or in them or something. Part of the discipleship, a little bigger group. And then I've always come here. It's a cost. Yeah, it's hard. It's really difficult with little kids trying to get to Bible studies and things like that, but it's worth it. It's a cost to get away. Husband can get away at night, maybe, and meet someone. Maybe let his wife get away, the same thing. Meet some another woman for discipleship. That's a cost. It's hard. Little kids running around. But it's worth it. It's how we have these nurturing relationships that Paul talking about in Thessalonians there. Be a part of their day-to-day -day life in some fashion. Matthew chapter 20. 
Matthew chapter 20. Verse 17. And as Jesus was going up to Jerusalem, he took the twelve disciples aside and on the way said to them, That's the verse. Not much there is there. But he took them with him, walking along. Oh, and by the way, I got something I want to tell you. That's the verse. We're going along. We're, we're building a deck in Brian's back, backyard the last couple of weeks. Oh, oh I got, by the way, I got, I've been learning this. I've been doing that. We're, we're jumping in a car, going to a conference or going somewhere, and we're all sharing things about, by the way, this is what I've been learning. That, that's disciple. That's how discipleship happens. Sometimes you can't just plan it. It just happens as things happen, by the way. You can read what he's going to say. <laughs> Got something good to say to those people. Countless examples in Scripture of on the way, this happened, that happened, this happened. When you get involved intimately and close in someone's relationships, I hate to talk about this part, but we need to. It gets messy. <laughs> Someone says the wrong thing. Me. <laughs> I've said the wrong thing way too many times. But we, 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 we work it out. We, we figure out how to do relationships because of it. I make mistakes. Yes, you guys make mistakes. <laughs> Been part of that too. And we say we're sorry and we forgive each other and we learn how to build great relationships. And the world gets to see that. Oh, you guys forgave for that? No way, man. I'm out of here. It's messy. Lots of problems can happen in discipleship. It's going to happen. People's finances are a mess. We get together and we, we, we can talk about it. Okay? People have relationships. Oh, I don't know how to get along with that person. Well, you get together and you talk about it. Maybe it ain't perfect, but it's worth it. Day-to-day -day life, go to movies together, have fun together. Yeah, yeah, do that. Do projects together. I'm a project guy. I love going doing projects with people. But lots of other things we can do. Go for walks, nature walks, hang out. Someone that you're discipling, get them involved in the with, with the body. Matthew, or uh, excuse me, Hebrews chapter 10, 25. probably share this one last time Hebrews 10 25 not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near you know if you're looking to disciple someone help someone grow in the relationship bring them bring them to church get them to come together with us and join join in get them involved get them to a bible study a small group setting some sort Bring your disciple to the to some good events. Get them involved around other, other Christians. 
Get them in the Word of God. Another favorite verse of mine, Joshua 1.8. Get them in the Word of God. Joshua's in the, probably about the fifth book of the Bible, somewhere in that area. Joshua 1.8. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and they will have good success. So I, I almost always ask the people that I'm spending time with, how you, how you doing in the Word? What have you been learning? I ask that all the time. I, I just have to. I, that's, that's the only way I grow. It's the only way I know you can grow, is the Word of God. Doesn't have to be perfect. We might miss a day and all this and that. That's fine. But by and large, it should be a consistent event of any disciple and anyone you're trying to help is encourage them to read the Word of God and help them. How can you lead your family without the Word of God? I don't, I don't know how I could have ever done it. You can't. You can't spiritually lead your family and have great success of any kind without the Word of God. Just... I don't know how it can be done. What are some topics from the Bible? Speaking of the Bible, that you could, you could teach your disciple here. Have a little Bible study. I, I like to go, we go to the coffee shop. I have this little one-sheet piece of paper. I've got a whole bunch of them, and, I, and we go through it at the coffee shop and just learn about the scriptures. Well, I got a whole list of topics. I'll just read them. Assur assurance of salvation. Who he is. What he has done and how does this affect us? Baptism, God's word, quiet times, fellowship, prayer, grace, or works, evangelism, the cost of discipleship, the great commission, growing in God's love, and more. One of the last times we just found a little story, we read it, we read it and talked about it from the Bible. The Shumanite woman. I just like that little story. It's a cool little story in the Old Testament. God did some cool things in that little story. Have a scripture study. Bite them over for a bonfire. Hang out with the kids. Have them come over with your kids and hang out. Just have a hangout. Buy them a gift. Help them with a project. It's exciting. Building relationships with people is really exciting and a lot of fun. Have them over for meals. I already said that. Well, I wrote it in there twice. <laughs> I purposely wrote it in there twice. It's really, it's something about sitting around eating, eating a meal. I don't know what it is, but it's a really good thing. Share Christ with friends and family with them. Be an example in truth. It, it, it encouraged me to walk stronger when I'm helping someone because I know they're watching. You know? They're watching me. Am I, am I in the Word regularly? Am I praying? Am I accountable to other people myself? A big area that I'm learning about recently Don't try to fix them. The Holy Spirit will fix them. 
So in other words, oh, when they're sharing with you, oh, I got this problem and this happened to me the other day. And right away I'm going to go, well, this is what you need to do, A, B, and C, and we'll get right, right through it. That's not why they should, maybe they didn't ask for that. Especially in a group, a, a small group of maybe 10, someone's sharing their problems and all of a sudden someone else is going through, well, this is how you fix it. Well, they never asked for that. We call it fixing. Now, it may be that on the side they say, boy, I, I'd like your help. What's your opinion on that? Well, that's a different story. Well, then, of course, I want to help them. Be an example in that area. We really want to let the Holy Spirit do the work, right? The verse we read early, Paul planted, Apollos uh, watered. <laughs> and then who caused the growth? God did. The Holy Spirit causes growth, not me, not Tim. Fixing. I still do it. I still find myself doing that again recently. Just, just the other week I was doing it again. Let the Spirit do the work. If they're asking for help, certainly. And they will. People will once they see how God's working in your life. Be a good friend. Uh, second, second, second Thessalonians 1.11. To this end, we always pray for you, that our God may make you worthy of his calling and may fulfill every resolve for good and every work of faith by his power. Continue to pray for them and ask God to help you be genuinely genuine and concerned for their welfare. Right? Ask God to help you be that way. Sometimes I don't feel like being that way. Like I said, it gets messy and you feel like, oh, I'm, I'm tired of that. No. That's probably when we need to get there the most and help the most. A little, little side note here. Uh, technology, you know, we don't talk a lot about that. Yeah, use technology if it's available. Find clever ways. Send a text here and there. You know, we look things up. Hey, look that up on the phone. I, I, I'm not opposed to that technology. But I will say this. It does not replace connecting and seeing someone's face when a problem really happens. I do not like using text for problems. It, it is the exact opposite happens when I start texting about that problem or this. A phone call is pretty good, but not near as getting together with someone resolving things. So just a caution, don't, I would not use texting for a problem. Husband, wife, doesn't matter what it is. I would not use texting for a problem. Talk together. It's all worth it. I've had, I don't know how many relationships with people over the years. I used to work at, over in Platteville and we, we had Bible studies and kids coming around. We're building people's lives and sharing with them. In Dubuque here, I've seen, I don't know how many people come in and out of this church that I've spent time with. 
here today, gone tomorrow. Some gone good. It's great. They're still doing good. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Another favorite verse of mine. 1 Corinthians 15.57 But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, Got the victory. Therefore, my dear brothers, be steadfast, be movable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. Why does he tell this to the Corinthians? They probably thought that the work they were doing was in vain, it was a waste of time. When we're doing God's work, it may not look pretty. We're doing our best, fumbling around like I've done many times. I'm, my intent is doing God's work, helping people. It's always beneficial. You have to believe that because I promise you, if you work with enough people, some people are going to walk away. It, it happens. I hate to talk negative like that, but it happens. I've seen it many times. But God's work is always beneficial. It's always rewarding. He always wants to bless us. I look forward to blessings from God. Oh, I don't worry about get a blessing. No, I want a blessing. He says he's going to bless us for doing his work. I'll take it. I'm going to take it. So please remember, your work is never in vain. So down to two very important questions here I have for you. Can you disciple one person and help change their lives? Is there one person, one couple, that in some way or fashion you could invite them into your home for a meal? I don't care if how great it looks or not. Just simply showing that you care for them. Can you do that? One person, one or two people. Can you allow, second question, can you allow yourself to be discipled? Can you humble, it takes humility to let someone else to teach you. Can you do that? I'm going to do both. <laughs> I, I need it. Someone's going to tell me something, I'm, I definitely want to listen to it. I mean, I might, I might be... Like that, but I'm gonna I'm gonna do my best and take on anything someone has to disciple me with. I want it. Are you willing to do that? So that's the two questions I want to leave you with today. Can you disciple one or two people in your life, some fashion, former fashion? And can you allow someone to disciple you? I've got a prayer here that I'm going to read, kind of a reading prayer that I wrote down, that I, that I, that I found um, in my studies here about discipleship, about a prayer that you could pray for someone, someone that you're helping, that you're discipling, you're building a relationship with. This is a prayer you could pray for that person or persons. 
So I'd like to end with this prayer today. So thank you for coming today. So Lord, as we look to disciple people and help people, we pray that their beliefs and values would be firmly grounded in God's word. We pray that they would be motivated by God's love. We pray that they would learn to depend on God for their every need. That they would learn to forgive and live at peace with everyone. That they would grow in humility, faith, hope, and love. That they would understand their identity in Christ. That they would know that God has equipped them for ministry. That they will be able to start their own discipling. That they would have passion to help the lost and forgotten. Amen. Thank you.